Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers. This is Mike Conti of Atlanta United and the Atlanta Hawks Radio Networks. You're listening to Middle Georgia's number one team for community and collegiate sports from Atlanta to Savannah. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Hey, this is Andy Demetra, voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And when I want to know what's going on in Middle Georgia sports, there's only one place I go. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Your place for community and collegiate sports. Guys, take it away. All right, welcome back into another Rob, Ben, and Joe show here. Hanging out with you, brought to you by Network One Sports, Bubba's Tire Center, and Eyeballs Marketing and Media. And uh, always find us on your social media platform of choice, Spotify, Apple iTunes. You can find us, or if you're more of a Facebook guy, you can find us on the RBJ Show podcast or Instagram and Twitter at RBJ Show. So uh, be sure to check us out there. Rob and Ben, how you guys doing? Doing good, Joe. It's extremely, <laughs> extremely humid outside. So, oh yeah, it is. I'm like, oh my god, this like, is <laughs> June got here fast. Yeah, it did, man. Just like taking a shower out it there is, today, man. You know, I, I love how Rob always enters the show with a nice forecast. <laughs> He hey, really does. You know that, Joe? It's yeah. like about every time he's like, you know what, man? It's just a nice, crisp day out. It's it is. It's all time. about setting the scene, though. you you got to set the scene, you know? I mean, it's, it's it's been a nice day, but it's like when you walk outside, you just hit with this wall of moisture. You're just like, whoa. No night. There's no ambiance no. to it. It's everybody, walk out, you walk outside and you get slightly it, angry. Everybody, everybody <laughs> listening to this show in Georgia particularly can relate. Shaking their head right now. They're yep. like they're walking outside. And they're like, man, I'm getting drilled by this. That's the humidity. You go outside, let your dog out. Two men, you're sweating. It, it, Atlanta, Atlanta down, man. Yeah, it, it is. Atlanta just, down. Real question is, what torched. would they do without AC? What would we do without AC? Mm, don't ask that question. Tough day. You know, my my son asked me that question. <laughs> he did earlier today. We were. <laughs> I was driving him off, and I said, "Son, roll up the window. I've got the air conditioning on." He's like, "But I want." You know, the air to come in. And I said, son, that's hot air outside. <laughs> I said, you want the cool air? And he said, yeah. And he said, what if we didn't have air conditioning? And I said, we would survive. Yes. It would be miserable, <laughs> but we would we survive. Would we, but we, we, would, we, we would, would make it. We would make it, and things would yeah. be okay, but it would be slightly less convenient. You know what he did? He rolled the window up. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> because the wind, when the air comes in there, if it's hot yeah. and humid like that, oh, yeah. it gets the whole car sticky, yeah. and then all of a sudden it just... It's not. It's no longer a nice, cool oasis. Well, for our friends listening, like you said, from Atlanta down, they get it. But all of our friends up in New York or even across the country that listen in, and we do have people listening across the country, uh, their weather may be different. But for us right here, like sitting in a sauna. It is. It is hot <laughs> it is, and humid. It is a good point, though. Rob always comes in with a weather forecast. It, it does. It's Me like, and Ben normally talk about potato chips over yeah, here. Yeah, we're, we're thinking, <laughs> we're thinking food. food and Rob's yeah. Jim Cantore. Yeah, there yeah. we go. So, But you know what? We talked about this leading into the weather. Uh, all these athletes are starting back yep. to come in to, to working out and, and, and all this. You've got the colleges coming back. You've got high schools that started. Um, and these, uh, these, these kids are going to have to really be careful – with coming back into uh, working out because they've probably been sitting on the couch playing some Fortnite or something, and they've been hanging out for months on end with no real physical activity and um, really just trying to uh, get off the get off the couch, get off the bench, and come back and work out. 
I'm concerned about having <laughs> kids come back after having not done anything with this weather. These high school kids, like I said, have been doing nothing more than likely. They're supposed to be doing some stuff on their own. They started back today. There are some tired kids. Oh, yeah. And as hot as it is, they're not in condition. They're out of shape. They're going to have to tread really carefully with some of these guys because they're they're really almost – they're at risk, really, if you think about it. You're right, man. I mean, what was it? Uh, it hasn't been that long ago, my friends. We were talking about uh, or hearing about, you know, people falling out in spring camp and, and you know, summer workouts. People dying. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you walk – everybody knows that, that, how hot it is. And the humidity, you get drained of all of your water in about an hour cycle. So you have to be com- really prepared to do that. And especially you're taking a kid – now, at the collegiate level, they're probably a little bit more disciplined on their on their side at being at that level on doing their workouts. Now, right. are they doing them like the guy would, like if they would be if a coach is standing there blowing the whistle? Probably not. Probably not, yeah. But they're pretty close to it. But in the high school level, you know, hey, man, we've all been there, you know, 15, 16 years old. If you're not involved with, you know, the coaches being there and the other players like – uh, do I want to work out today? Hmm. And also, a lot of a lot of these kids don't have access to facilities like that either. That's right, because they hadn't been able to go. That's right, they haven't been able to go work you out. You know, and we talked to uh, you know Coach Ali Good and Coach Holmes last week, and those guys are getting back to conditioning. And of course, we got Georgia and uh, other schools that are back in conditioning now. Georgia Tech, I know, is waiting a week, but you know, we got Coach uh, Chad Lunsford on the phone with us here in just a little bit. He's going to be coming on talking about Georgia Southern, the Eagles getting back to it. And uh, we'll get to hear some of his words, but you're right, guys. It's it's different, and this heat isn't giving anybody a break. Not at all. And I do want to uh, do want to touch here uh, for our listeners on you talk about teams starting this week. Georgia, Clemson, a lot. Most of your program started this week. Georgia Tech and a few others are postponing theirs an extra week just for some extra time. But uh, just to give you a rundown of how this is going to work, this is kind of drafted from the NCAA on how they are approaching to start the football season on time. Now, there's not <laughs> anything in here that says about fans, and we're not sure about that, but you know my thoughts on that. If you can protest with 80,000, you can line up in, in Tuscaloosa with 80,000 people. <laughs> yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. Right. So, right. I mean, I think we're going to have fans, no doubt. Uh, but just a little bit of a rundown of this plan. So from June 1st, which was – you know, last week it started through June 25th. They're voluntary workouts, so no one is required to do anything. They are mm. all voluntary. If they're on campus, they can go and work out, but right. it's all voluntary. And there's eight hours of virtual instruction allowed per week, so via Zoom meetings or whatever. They could be meeting wow. with their coaches or doing whatever virtually. They cannot have a coach standing over them doing that. All right. So, after that 25 days period, 25 days prior to preseason practice, which is basically fall camp that typically starts in August. So, shooting it July 13th, mandatory workouts are allowed. So, they can come back and they're mandatory. It is mandatory to work out before fall camp. So, then... After that period's over, they can go to meetings and walkthroughs 14 days before the first se- uh, preseason practice, um, which is probably going to be around July 24th. Then after that, fall camp would start that last week of July, and they'll have 29 days of preseason practices before the first game in that first weekend of September. <laughs> so that is a jam-packed schedule, but 
in comparison to what it normally happens, normally these kids go back to school at the end of May and they're working out man as, as mandatory right. starting in June, July, and then you come in for fall camp and that starts like the last week of July and lasts for three weeks and then you roll into normal practicing class starts and yada, yada, yada. So it looks a little bit different, but the, they're getting pretty close to trying to get back to where when it starts in July, you're pretty much getting back to where it's at. But mm. missed some time there for several months without the kids being there. So it'll be interesting how far people are behind. But my question is, is like in June, schools like Georgia, new quarterback, have no idea who's going to play. couple new quarterbacks. couple new there. quarterbacks. <laughs> they're just an example, though. There's oh. a lot of schools like Georgia that's in that boat, but for our listeners, that's a very, you know, that's, that's very easy to yeah. see. But they don't even get to touch a ball and play with each other, get any instruction until July, unless they're doing it on their own. But we all know how that goes. That's totally different than having a coach, you know, man. sit out there and coach you and say, hey, man, you know, that – that comeback's not quite right, or hey, you didn't read that correctly. Like, it's, it's different. It's going to be interesting to see who who is able to toe the line and break the rules the best. <laughs> that I think is. I'm yeah. kidding. That's what's going to happen. If these colleges will dress up kids as students and send them down to spy on other teams' practices, that is a real recollection from an actual GA. Mm. Okay. If they'll dress them up as another student and send them two and a half hours away to spy on a practice, yeah. They gonna find a way to get together. <clears throat> Them boys will be using balls, and they gonna be practicing together with some type of leadership. I, gu- I guarantee you, they are. There's too much money involved in this sport, yeah, to just throw some people out there. Those donors and people that that donate to the program, the loyal, faithful fans expect a certain type of product to roll out on the field. Well, you know, it's going to be uh, it's going to be very interesting to see. But I like the point you're making a while ago, Ben, about uh, you know the the health of these kids getting back out there and getting right into uh, conditioning. It's going to be something to see, and I can't wait to see what uh, Coach uh, Chad Lunsford's going to talk about here from Georgia Southern in just a little bit. He'll be on with us, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see. It will be, and the, and the reason for that is you f- there's no there was really. They got winter workouts, and most of these teams have started. We're starting spring practice, so really, right after spring practice, you go into more of the off-season mm-hmm. summer program. But it's still starting mm-hmm. to get pretty intense. The last few weeks of finals and such, they haven't had any type of physical activity since March, and you know as well as I do, if they're taking class on their Zoom and they're responsible to try to get a workout on their own when nobody's allowed to go to a gym, you can't get in your local high school because the facilities are shut down. It's Call of Duty, baby. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's That's what it is. That's what's happening. 100%. And so, for me, I think the curve for everybody, they're going to be playing into shape the whole time. Oh, yeah. They're going to be playing into shape, and it's really kind of – there's going to be some really, really tired kids – Probably going to be some really sloppy school. football early on. Too, Very much so. It's, the coaches. Yeah. And see, one thing you have to be concerned about is those coaches are going to be rip-roaring and ready to go. They had not been able to coach football. Yeah, they're yeah. going to be fired up. They haven't been able to coach football. And they know and how important it is to try and get, get the get product to where it needs to be, and they've been cut sh- drastically and, short. And a, and a feeling you can't really replicate until you're experiencing it is you know – when your players are not where they need to be. Mm-hmm. You can feel it. As a coach, you can tell. As me and Rob and Coach Canada 
doing the middle school football stuff this past year, you knew we knew we needed more time before we played our first game. But it's like it's here. This is the cards we're dealt. We're rolling with it. And then you could tell as they progress, and at the end of the year, it's like, man, if we were able to start two weeks earlier, yeah. it would have been, been it would have been different. But there's no line in the sand. I can't sit there and wake up. I couldn't have woke, woken up at the seventh day of practice and said, yeah, oh, well, boys, we're not there. You can just know you're not. You can feel it. But then when you start getting there, it's just like you can see light bulbs coming on. <laughs> you know, and you're like, all right, man, these, these dudes are making some plays. Yeah. And they start to feel it out. And you're like, man, if I just had more time. Those coaches have an extra degree of that. That's what they do for a living. Kirby Smart knows when his defense ain't ready to play cover three. Well, you remember uh, Chuck Dowdle talking about that when he was on the air with us. He said, I've never had a coach come off and be more accurate, but more willing to say they're just not ready. I get nope. ready to play nope. in South Carolina, remember? That's, that's, that's right. what he was talking about. My you guys, just know it. My guys aren't ready. He yeah. probably didn't feel great about his game plan. He might have felt good about his game plan, but he didn't feel good about how they mastered the game plan. Right. Or, they even, or they didn't buy into it at all. They didn't right. buy yeah. into it, and then they had a lackadaisical performance because they didn't believe it for whatever reason. And as a coach, you know those type of things. You right. know when you don't have unity or they're 100% on board, you can feel it. Mm-hmm. We had a game last year, roll over there to Blackley County. They might as well should have never got should've off the never bus. Got off, yeah. Because and it, that happens, it, though. You yeah. could feel it. And I've been to college football games at Georgia Tech when we were at Mercer. You get off the bus and it your, your circadian rhythm is not right. It's not right. It's off. I hate and those days. I'm telling you, and then and you're just it's it's just a bad day. Yeah, and everybody has them. It's just you hope you're not having a bad day when that team's mm. having a really good day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what it boils down to. So these coaches have an uphill battle because they're going to be extremely stressed out. Mm, no They've sure. been recruiting from home, sitting in front of a computer, and now they're having to still do that probably to try to recruit. And then now you've got the extra element of kids in there, and then the 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 restrictions. Yep. All that stuff across the board is there's going to be some stressed out football. It's coaches. going to be hard to be juiced up and have to be, you know, maintain all of those guidelines that are going to be there in separation. It's going to be something else to see, I'll tell I mean, you what. Can uh, kids high five? Can uh, you yeah. go? Can you yeah. go, man? Let's go. Uh, dude, give somebody you know, a chest like, bump. Yeah, when they just, you know, Coach you know. Holmes talking about spotting people. Yeah. Can't even stand over them and spot them. And <laughs> That's ridiculous. Isn't that just, it's kind of I think strange. It's, it's, it'll, it'll go away. Yeah. There's it's no way. Go there's no way. That's, that's mm. not something. With the, the being able to spot a kid lifting or not being able to high-five, not being able to do X, Y, Z with your teammates, that's existed since sports has been around. Since human interaction has been around, you know, I mean, that's just the way we interact when we get excited and do things as teams. You, yeah. That's not going to stick. Yeah. And I understand why we're doing it or whatever, but I'm to that point now where I think we're on the other side of it where, you know, it is what it you is. You just got to let it roll. You got to let it roll, man. Yeah, you got to let it roll. So, anyway, going to have Chuck, uh, Coach Chud, uh, Chad Lunsford on with us here in just a little bit. Going to be great to hear from him. Of course, the Robin and Joe Show brought to you by Network One Sports, uh, Bubba's Tire Center, and, of course, our good friends over at um, – Eyeballs. Eyeballs, marketing and media. <laughs> Looking at Rob like, what is the other? Uh, of course, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at RBJ Show and uh, Facebook, RBJ Podcast. We appreciate you listening in, streaming live uh, every Thursday, of course, at 630 uh, and beyond on Network One Sports. We appreciate that. Uh, guys, i tell you what. You, you mentioned all the teams starting back this week. Georgia Tech not starting back this week. Maybe they're taking a little time putting in that new turf. 
I tell you what, I have I have extremely mixed. Does that give you heartburn? Yes, I have bit? extremely mixed emotions about that because I'm a huge natural grass yeah. guy. I love the field painted up and the way it looks, the way they cut the grass. And I, we played on natural grass coming up. Didn't play on any turf stuff until we went to Mercer. Not a huge fan of it, but I understand the revenue implications for Georgia Tech doing it because now with the turf being installed and it's supposed to be the highest class, best thing on the market you can I get. heard they're not stitching the lines yes. in the turf. No, it's going to be like a field that can be painted. Like That's it crazy. can be switched. And apparently, they just, this company, Shaw Sports Turf out of Calhoun, who is installing it, they went to the Cincinnati Bengals and just installed this last year. And so Georgia Tech's going to have one of the. Huh. Newest things on the market as far as turf goes. It's got all sorts of really interesting fill and geo infill. <laughs> Ben's and all not buying it. Over here. He's so, not buying it. I'm just saying. But <laughs> how many how many times did Rob read this article? I don't know. I, I read it once. <laughs> geo infill and all yeah. this. I'm just going to check hey. out and see what the Bengals turf looks like, and I'll make my determination. It's going to be the same. <sighs> they get the same thing. But they got. from revenue implications, yeah. this means that Georgia Tech, because for years they've only been able to use it for seven weekends in the fall. Right. You know, but now they wanted. They were supposed to host Guns and Roses. Were supposed to come in August of this year, which I don't know if that's still. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see. But with a turf field, that allows them to pull that equipment stuff on and does not damage the surface. Also, you may remember the Atlanta United play games at Georgia Tech. Well, that opens up the door to have multiple sports going on at the same time as football without destroying the the grass surface because. Football, you know how rough it is, especially if it's been wet and they go out there and play on it. You're not touching that thing for two yeah, weeks. Yeah. And it requires Just, a lot of money to keep it up and everything. So, for Georgia Tech, they looked at it from the revenue side, and they're going to get it. But hadn't had artificial turf since 1994. Had it from 71 to 94. Won the national championship on artificial turf. Co-champion. But it's been 26. <laughs> Colorado, just, Colorado was trash. Just wanted to see what he'd say when I said co-champion. Yeah. They got five downs, yeah. Hey, five downs. They I know. got five yeah. downs. My dad informed me. I was, not, I was not alive then, but my dad has always said they got five downs. Hey, I was there. I wasn't there, but I watched that. Georgia Tech's the only national championship. That's right. And everybody – They're the every, only – Everybody everyone knows, that. Yeah. knows that. They everybody can say knows. it, but everybody knows when they found mm-hmm. that out, that, that's ridiculous. Found that ball, by the way. Told you guys I had a, a ball yeah. signed by the uh, national championship 90 team there from Tech. Nice. And uh, the bladder has uh, gone away in the ball. I, yeah. It's just – you know, it's deflated now, but uh, I'm going to try to get that fixed. I'll bring it over here and let you guys yeah. take a look at that. It's yeah. good stuff. Heck yeah. You better not, yeah. Look, you better not look away. Yeah, I better not look away. <laughs> <laughs> that thing go missing here in the, in the East household, right? Oh, that would be right. funny. Well, I'll tell you what, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I like the fact that it's a new turf. I like the fact that they're not painting the lines on there. I don't know if they'll chalk them, if they'll spray them in there. I'm going to be curious to see yeah. what goes down, but uh, I get it. You're in Atlanta. That's it's right. a great venue. Well, and I think that's I think that's a part of Coach Collins's whole deal. He wants to integrate Georgia Tech with right. the city of Atlanta. Right. Synonymous. You gotta plug it in. He He's, wants it synonymous with and, that. And I think that has something to do with his recruiting and everything. It's like, hey man, yeah, you come play football at Georgia Tech, dude. They'll have, you know, uh young Jeezy's gonna be playing Wednesday night yeah. in the middle of the fall, free tickets. Yeah. Football team. You know, or whatever. Students get a discounted price. Yeah. Whatever. Dude, that sells, man. I think they're painting the steps gold. Did I see that right? The, and they have, in the, the stadium, they're redoing. They've redone the. Uh, they've redone the sound system. They've redone all the bathrooms. They've made major upgrades, and it's a. It's an initiative they've started, and in the. Uh, 
the end zone um, towards the left of campus, towards the baseball field, um, opposite of the Jumbotron, that whole corner, once they've raised enough money, is going to be it's going to be world class of the way it's going to look at Georgia Tech. It's going to look incredible. So they're pretty close to that with already getting the turf was a part of that. They've already achieved that and the upgrades to Bobby Dodd Stadium with other amenities, which it's past due, Joe. I mean, yeah. it is past due if, for if, some upgrades. If you walk into Georgia Tech Stadium the last shoot the last thirty years, nothing's changed. No, I mean everything. Some of the bathrooms the are the same. But I think Coach, I think Coach Collins is. I'm not going to say he's 100 percent responsible for it, but all the 404. The, the gold-blooded stuff, it's a, he wants to build a culture. Yeah. He wants that stadium to look like what he's selling. And I think, the, I think the artificial turf will look good. I just hope they're able to do it in a traditional manner with all the other upgrades too, painting the steps and everything, to where it doesn't look like a, you know, a cut-rate organization. It's still the oldest and winningest Division One football stadium in yeah. the country. Yeah. It needs to still have some tradition. You know, some. It needs to still be able to retain that uh, tradition. You don't want to look at the field and make it. You know, be looking down there like it's the Seattle Seahawks or something like that. You know. So let me ask you this, because we again we have Coach uh, Lunsford coming on in just a few minutes from Georgia Southern. All of our Eagles fans, they're going to be listening into that, I'm sure. But I was reading an article uh, about Tech recently, and they were talking about the fact that the helmets have never been the blue, right? They've never gone to the blue helmet, right? So do you think that there's any chance that they would do something even like that coming up with everything? Talking about Ben's traditionalism point of view well, here and all the new new new. Since, new, new. since we made the change to Adidas, which was two or three years ago now, yeah. Georgia Tech has totally revamped their uniforms. Everybody knows for years it was white and gold. Russell, yeah. or you ain't wearing it. Or you ain't, I mean, right. that was it. It was white and gold no matter where we're playing, the other home team or the yeah, away didn't team. Matter. We're wearing white, so bring your colors. Yeah. I mean, that's it. You know, most people like Georgia, they play in red at home. Tech, right. man, it's white and gold. You bring your uniforms, you know. But when Adidas came in, they started really having that because the recruits want the swag. They want the they want the uniform changes and the different helmets because it's at everywhere else. It's at Clemson and everywhere you go, they want that. That's what they want. But Tex already had the honeycomb a few years ago under Paul Johnson. They had right. the honeycomb helmets that came out. This year was by far the biggest leap they took as far as uniform combinations. We wore all grays one time. We wore all navy. One I do time. like the navy, by yeah. the way. The navy looks Just good. Saying. They, 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 they. We had the white and gold. We had gold on gold, which I hadn't seen that in years since wearing gold on gold. The helmets. We had a white and navy blue face mask with a GT, which re looked really good. The gold traditional helmet is personally my favorite, just because it looks so good. But it's not out of the realm of possibilities for them to roll out with a navy helmet with a white so GT. So here's my question, though, because you you mentioned all the other schools do this, and and that's true. But when you think about, let's take somebody like Clemson, right? When does Clemson wear the orange pants? There's only one time they they wear the orange pants at home. When they're playing for what? When they're playing for a championship, that's the only time they wear the orange. Yeah. Did you know that? I did not realize that. Yeah. If you go back and think about it, the only time they will wear the orange like that is when they're playing in a championship game. Hmm. Makes sense. So what I'm wondering is, is there anything like that? For tech, do they have anything like that, that you're aware of? I don't know. We tried to wear the <clears throat> we tried to wear the navy blue when we were in a championship game, and because back in in ninety, navy blue was the one of the alter like that's one of the uniforms they wore, and that's what they wore the won the national championship in was the navy blue jersey. Yeah, but I think 
as you're sitting here talking about it, a nice sparkling metallic navy blue with a gold GT and a gold face mask is right in the realm of Adidas Nation, hmm. you know, for something. With a white uniform hmm. and navy blue numbers or something trimmed in gold. I mean, but historically, historically in bowl games, in bowl games, and in championship games, and in the Orange Bowl, we wore navy tops with gold pants. But but so. what you, but what you're talking about here is like Clemson, okay? right? Is Clemson never changes their helmet, right? They've tinkered with some uniforms. They wear their purple. They wear their all purple, right? White and orange pants, whatever. Uh, Georgia never changes their helmet. Auburn. Never changes their helmet. Alabama doesn't know a different uniform combination. <laughs> Penn State, not allowed. You know, so when you look across the board, you there it is split. That there's traditional lies. There's traditional lines in there that's like, you ain't touching this, man. Well, I just wonder, you know, I thought about that because I, I like, again, I kind of like Georgia Tech's colors, I always have. Yeah. I have family went to Tech. They pop, though. Right. They look good. <clears throat> it looks yeah. good. Yeah. looks good. And with Southern coming up, uh, we should probably ask Chad about this. Uh, I don't know if we'll get to or not. But, um, you know, the uniforms that they have at Southern there are a little different. Uh, I think he's trying to bring a little edge, a little change I to what they're they, doing at they Southern. Are. They're, they're alternate helmet. Which we have. Good looking. It is a, you got one of the shop, got right? One of the shop. Got yeah. the gold it's, on it. It's yeah. gold with a gold face mask, and the and the eagle is on the side instead of the in traditional the circle. blue and number. Yeah, in the yeah. circle. Yeah, that is a really sharp looking helmet. Good looking. They have a, a clean uniform. They have that old school kind of. You know, their traditional is the it's the navy blue with the number, and then it's kind of stock. They've started to switch it up some too. Because it's such a big deal in, in recruiting. Right. And when you're on TV getting more nationally acclaimed television show or t- oh, national acclaimed TV spots, you get all that. Right. That, that's what comes with it, and it's a good time to market your program. That's right. But I think also you have to take this from the perspective of you, you comparing yourself. If you're, tr- if you're Georgia Tech, okay, let's just take ourselves, put ourselves in tech shoes. Okay, listeners, listen. If you're Georgia Tech, the last – Basically, 10 years, 15 years, Georgia Tech's always done the same thing, recruited at an extremely average clip. Extremely (laughs) average, okay? Paul Johnson, without his offense and his skills as a coach, would not have won the Orange Bowl, would not have done half of what he did with the talent that he had. Right. Okay? Well, Coach Collins knew coming in, to flip the script on recruiting, he had to make a splash to draw attention it's like building new business. If you enter a town and nobody's heard of you or anything, you better advertise like crazy. You better go to every social event. You better give stuff out. That's what he's doing at Tech to try and put on the market. So it's not like a Georgia or an Alabama or Clemson. They're already there. Right. I mean, Alabama, well, can, say, true. Alabama can go into a five-star and say, hey, man, you want to come win a national championship or you want to play in the playoffs every year? Hey, man, we wear, we wear, our, we wear our garnet and, and, our, and our white pants, and that's it. Yeah, that's how it is. Hey, man, you know what? We're playing the SEC championship just about <clears throat> every year. We're going to be riding the hunt pretty much every year. This is what we wear. Clemson's the same way. Well, Georgia Tech does not have that luxury of the last five years. So he has to come in and make a splash, and he teamed up with Adidas. He signed on with another marketing firm to help boost Georgia Tech's image to try and get the recruits and athletes in there, and then hopefully eventually you can be back at that point like you were in the 90s. Well, I see it as a differentiator. Georgia is Georgia is X. Their brand is this. Mm-hmm. Alabama is X. Their brand is this. 
there's so many surrounding schools in the state of Georgia. You have to try to differentiate yourself uh, from a recruiting standpoint in some manner. When you walk into the store, whichever aisle is is, is whichever aisle you might be on, you've got to find a way to appeal to a, a a type of athlete that might swing it because Georgia or Auburn has a lot more in the last couple of years of where hey man we're winning we're winning right now we're we're ready we, we've had the same coach we, we, this is proven man we're, we're we're pushing it for an SEC championship whereas Georgia Tech the last couple of years has been up and down. You just had a recent coaching change the last sling, sling of Paul Johnson. The school's really trying to catch up with where recruiting and everything else is. So you got to have something to lure lure people in there. And I think uniforms, new stadium, all that new turf, all that stuff New helps. LED lights, they're doing all the LED stuff. Thing, so. All that stuff helps lure four-star recruits into your program to help you compete with other people when your record isn't quite there yet. you got to find some way to get them. Or you're never going to be there. Which Collins, Key, and the rest of the coaching staff is seems like they're doing fantastic that. at yeah. recruiting. But all these other schools are having to do the same thing. Georgia Southern's got the beer garden, and my dad said I, I've, I've got to go to a, a football game down there. I've, I've not been. My dad says that the, like those Thursday night games they do when they'll play like Appalachian State or something. Great atmosphere. Well. That atmosphere, those kids probably visited on a Thursday night. Oh, they yeah. visited oh, on yeah. a Saturday night. They're like, I gotta get me some of this. Well, you talk about the difference in the recruiting and the and the uh, the things that are recognizable, the brand. And you know, look at the Georgia State Georgia Southern rivalry there. The GSU, who's the real GSU? You know, both the teams in the Sun Belt. You think that's not a point of contention? And, and who won that, by the way? It's now what is GSU? It is Georgia State University. Exactly. Right. I mean, think about that forever. That's that's right. It was always Georgia Southern. People in this region of the state have always known. GSU to be Georgia Southern. We'll have to talk to again. We got Chad Lunsford, the coach for Georgia Southern, coming on with us in just a few minutes. Maybe he can clear some of this up for us. But uh, a good conversation there, and just part of the things that make the brand of a school. So uh, that really matters, you know. It does matter, and like like talking with you know Coach Lunsford here in just a second. Those are the type of things that I'm sure he'll talk. He's going to talk about. Every coach is going to talk about. You're only as you cannot do well unless you're aware of your competition. Mm -hmm. You've got if you don't if you know exactly what your competition's doing, it makes it gives you a nice game plan for what you need to do. Will you always win? No, but will it help you out a lot? Absolutely. And branding is the most important thing in any marketing class you'll ever take. That's right. Or any sales class. You have to know how to brand yourself. And that's the things like people like Jeff Collins has come in. If you see 404 The Culture, you immediately know. You can ask anybody. And they'll be like, oh, that's Georgia Tech. That's that Collins Looney Tune. <laughs> For the Georgia fans yeah. or whatever out there. So, yeah. man, I got out there. But, hey. They know immediately if but, they say four or four, they're thinking, "Oh, that's Georgia Tech, but Carolina." Then, but then, yeah. Georgia, but Georgia Tech fans are like, four or four. Let's see. Here, here's what's you know, funny and though, and like, we're, we're, let's hit some push-ups. Yeah, you know, when like, you, all over it. you're talking about it, but you're right. When you see the people in Athens start mocking it, you know it's working. Absolutely. <laughs> that's when you'll know it's, it when they, that's right. When they start, when Georgia put the poster up of their area code and trying to poise it, they're like tied right. in with the city of Atlanta. Not nah, you're late. Collins already has it. Everybody's already recognized. So Collins is an extremely good brand. Smart. And they know when they when it starts getting made fun of, that's when, that, you, yeah, when, taking, when people start home. mocking it, that's when and it's that's made. That's what's it. funny yep. though, is it's not just Georgia fans, it's anybody. They're that's like, right. You know, they'll say something about it. And it's like you 
it annoys you because you know it's working. That's right. <laughs> That's like right. You suddenly see 404, and all of a sudden you've seen you a think Georgia you've Tech. Seen, you've seen a billboard on uh, riding through the city of Atlanta that's like oh, gold blooded. You see gold uh, blooded, and you're like, "That's some yellow jacket." Or for the culture, or something yeah, like yeah. that. You know, and th- those things really matter. They're subtle, but they make a difference. Mm-hmm. And in a part of in a part of the brand of what you're trying to establish. It's Absolutely. A and it's really, it's really exciting for Tech fans to finally get some of that because we've had to sit on the sidelines and watch Georgia completely flourish with people taking on um, with the dogs on top and all that stuff that is taken. And Georgia Tech's basically had Together We Swarm for the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah. you know? but, now, but now with Collins, yeah. he's totally revitalized that. You got all this stuff that they're, you know, you ride down, you see it everywhere, you get marketing stuff on your phone from it's cool to finally be back at that, and hopefully, you know, the product will come with that. But, right. You know, at least the the ground stuff is there. Yeah. Well, it's going to be really cool to see what uh, Coach Lunsford's done at Georgia Southern there. Can't wait to have him on the phone with us. Uh, we talked to uh, uh, Binko, Jared Binko, the AD, not that long ago, and uh, he was uh, juiced, of course, about uh, Coach Lunsford and a lot of good things we've heard about Coach. So it's really uh, great to have him joining the show this week. So uh, it will be fun. He'll be back on in the air uh, on the air with us here in just a few minutes. So uh, don't go anywhere. We will have uh, Coach Lunsford on from Georgia Southern University in just a few minutes here on the Rob Ben and Joe Show. Don't miss it. Stick around for that and more on the way right here. So, guys, until then, I get to make fun of you until I see that new turf. In that's, right. that's all that's I'm saying. Right. You, can, you, can, you can throw the shade. <laughs> I'll so. throw the shade until I see it. But I do want to go check it out. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I think it's going to be good stuff. I think it will. I, I think mean, it'll look really good. I was impressed when they said they weren't going to stitch the lines in. That's when I was like, no, okay. If, if they can change this SEC championship game overnight to a Falcons field, yeah. it's possible. It's possible. All right. <laughs> Coach Chad Lunsford from the Georgia Southern University Eagles coming on with us in just – A couple of minutes. Stick around. We'll be right back on your Rob, Ben, and Joe show. You're listening to the Rob, Ben, and Joe show. Download the show today on your Spotify playlist or Apple Music. Springtime is here, and Bubba's Tire Center is here to handle all of your vehicle needs. With the current situation of COVID-19, we are still operating our normal hours, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5.30. If you need some more time on that set of tires or vehicle repair, we offer a 90-day payment option that requires no credit check, as well as the Goodyear credit card. Don't forget, we offer free pickup and delivery, so you never have to leave your home or place of work. Call us today at 470 478- 8275-2964 or check us out online at Bubba's Tire Center.com. Come to Bubba's Tire Center where we do tires and a whole lot more. Eyeballs Marketing and Signs. That's Eyeballs with a Z. I-B-A-L-Z is all about everything you need for printing services, marketing services, apparel services, signage, banners, wraps for your vehicles, design services, or a whole lot more. Whatever you need in your business to get your message out there, you can count on Eyeballs. I-B-A-L-Z dot com. Eyeballs Marketing and Sign in Warner Robbins. Hello, everybody. This is Chris Blair, voice of the national champion Fighting Tigers of LSU. And you're locked in to the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. 
Middle Georgia's number one voice of community and collegiate sports. Go Tigers! This is Mike Conti of Atlanta United and the Atlanta Hawks Radio Networks. You're listening to Middle Georgia's number one team for community and collegiate sports from Atlanta to Savannah. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Hey, this is Andy Demetra, voice of the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. And when I want to know what's going on in Middle Georgia sports, there's only one place I go. It's the Rob, Ben, and Joe Show. Your place for community and collegiate sports. Guys, take it away. All right, we're back and looking forward to some more football talk here on the Rob Bennett Joe Show, brought to you by Network One Sports and Bubba's Tire Center, of course, Eyeballs Marketing and Media. Well, another great day to talk about football as we get ready for fall. Ben, how are you doing, my friend? Doing fantastic, man. We uh, feel like we're getting a little bit of momentum, man. It seems like things are opening back up from, you know, all the virus stuff. I know it sounds like a recurring thing, but it seems like they're keep opening the, you know, the, the floodgates a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger, so... Um, excited about all the, the hype talk towards some uh, some college football and high school football. Uh, just getting excited about, you know, what's to come here in the next few months. Absolutely. And we have the uh, pleasure of talking with a good, close uh, school friend of ours and, of course, the head coach of those uh, Georgia Southern Eagles there, Coach Lunsford, on the phone with us here today. Coach, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. It's an awesome day and uh, just trying to, Spread positivity all day long. <laughs> I hear you, Coach, and uh, I know you guys are back at it now and getting kids on campus and getting ready to ramp up for a football season uh, coming up, and uh, you have a lot of work to do. There's a lot of things that uh, are in place with the COVID uh, kind of guidelines that are probably making your job very unique. So if you don't mind, let me ask you a little bit about that and tell me kind of what your challenges are and what your uh, planning is as you get ready to to uh, embrace those COVID guidelines and get ready for football? Yeah, no problem. Uh, you know, we are bringing our kids back. Uh, we're actually doing it in in waves. Um, you know, we, we, you've got the phases that you got to go through, but uh, we're trying to phase our kids in also. So, uh, you know, I thought that was important because, um, you know, we don't want to overwhelm our medical staff. We don't want to overwhelm uh, whatever we're trying to do. And also I wanted to make sure that, you know, as best you can, dot all I's, cross all T's uh, for these players because obviously the health and safety is our first goal. And uh, so we're, we're phasing them in. Um, you know, after this week, we're going to have about 50 in, um, and then we'll, we'll continue the next uh, three weeks bringing the rest of the team back. Um, and then we'll start getting workouts, uh, uh, the voluntary workout piece with our facility June 15th. And, uh, you know, by July 1st, uh, we hope to have them all back and um, everybody's ready to go so that when the NCAA says that things can start being mandatory and uh, all that type of stuff, we, we've got a good uh, good base and ready to go. I hear you. Now, we had the pleasure of talking to a couple of uh, our high school coaches from uh, Northside, Warner Robbins, with uh, – uh, coach there last night and also coach Roger Holmes of the Dublin uh, Fighting Irish here and Ben I know uh, we had some good information there what coach uh, what questions do you have for coach here today well well coach I, they they were talking about I know uh, strength and conditioning uh, me and uh, me and Rob here we played at uh, we played at Mercer um, their inaugural season so I kind of have an idea of the uh, strength and conditioning structure and what all is required and um, it's a lot to get ready for a college football season and the coaches last night were telling us there are some extremely strict guidelines, especially in the weight room, because, 
you know, that's a very communal place. You're going from bar to bar, you're, you're sweating, you're grabbing dumbbells, you're grabbing barbells, um, you know, you're doing push-ups on the floor and grabbing the same ropes. So um, what's that kind of look like? They were telling us they have to desanitize the bar after one kid uses it and there's a limit on people. Um, and I just know that for college football, strength and conditioning is a huge cog in the wheel. What does that picture look like, um, you know, for summer workouts and such uh, at the collegiate level? Well, uh, fortunately for us, uh, we have a really uh, big weight room. And the way it's uh, laid out, it's uh, it's spaced out very well. Uh, our racks, we, you know, we have plenty of racks. We have plenty of dumbbells. We have plenty, you know, so we've, we've got a lot of equipment, which, which obviously helps. Okay. Um, we're going to be pretty, you know, stringent. Our, our strength coach is about to put in a bunch of hours in the day because uh, – <laughs> yeah. Those those weightlifting groups are only going to be about at the, at the start. They're only going to be about ten people, and um, you know now what that means is uh, for our weight room, everybody's going to have their own rack, everybody's going to have their own bar, everybody's going to have their own weight. So there's not going to be other other kids touching the uh, the stuff that one kid is using. Yeah, and, and so that helps us. And uh, then er, after every session. Uh, our strength staff, our medical staff, uh, is going to give everything a, gr- a good clean, uh, good cleaning in the weight room. Um, so let's just, you know, I'll make up this number. Let's just say it's an hour lift session, um, and then we're going to we're going to we're going to put thirty to forty five minutes in between each weight session, so that we can make sure that weight room is clean, and we can make sure that you know the next people that come, we uh, are going to be able to, uh, you know, um, make sure that they're uh, safe and healthy. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes uh, that 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 definitely helps a lot. Um, having a bigger weight room and stuff, and you'll have you know the course of the day. At, at, you know, kind of doing the quick numbers in my head. I'm sure you'll have about you know 95 to 100 guys, depending on you know give or take some of that. Um, and so in the course of a day, you know that it might be a long day for the strength and conditioning staff, but you can get all your guys in there. Um, you know, at one time and get them kind of schooled up and everything like that. Um, and kind of getting them going, but. Um, Coach, how was y'all spring practice picture? Did y'all able were y'all able to start and get anything done there? I know that's such an integral part when you have seniors move out, and that spring practice is kind of time to tinker with some players, see if they fit well here or there. Were y'all able to get any spring practice in? You know, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm such a smart head coach, man. You know, last year <laughs> in, in, in 2019, we did early spring ball, and we went uh, we went in February last year. Yeah, well. But this past season, uh, we had a lot of injuries and, you know, probably abnormal amount. And, um, you know, I, I felt like I needed to back spring ball up a little bit this year just so we could make sure we had everybody healthy and, and ready to go. Now, we still went earlier than, you know, what in years past. Um, and so we ended up getting six in. And I'm, oh, just, yeah. I'm sitting there going, man, if I just went with the plan I had the year before, we got them all in. <laughs> But we did. We we got some good work in. We got we got six practices in. We obviously missed the other nine, but uh, we were able to get five good practices of fundamental technique, scheme, you know, and just trying to develop guys. Um, and then we got one good scrimmage in. Uh, so that did help. Uh, obviously, we we missed on. You know, we we've got a lot of experience coming back, and we got a lot of kids that played a lot of ball for us coming back. But we do have some positions where we're going to have to have some young guys step up. Um, and not getting the opp- 
opportunity to really have that whole spring practice to get those guys developed. Uh, that's where we're a little bit concerned. Uh, however, um, you know, I think that if we can continue to move forward and, you know, continue to open things up and phase things in the right way, um, I think we'll have a good opportunity to get them called up. But obviously those nine practices were important. Oh, oh, yeah, there's no question. And, uh, I mean, you know, the good thing about it is we've kind of laughed with a couple other coaches we've had on the show is everybody's on a level playing field. So it's not like somebody else, you know, has been able to really get that much farther ahead, you know, minus a few practices here or plus a few practices in the other direction. But, uh, man, I tell you what, you've already got a good start the last couple seasons down there uh, in Statesboro, man. I know we've got a, we've got a lot of big Statesboro um, folks up here. Uh, Mike Cummings and some other people are really big Georgia Southern Eagles uh, around here in middle Georgia. And um, what's it looking like, man? Y'all were able to, you know, go to a bowl last year and uh, looking forward to, uh, you know, this season. Kind of what's your, your projection or your outlook for 2020? Um, I feel really good about our team. Um, I, I really do. Um, you know, I, I, I really felt like we left a lot on the table last year that we, we could have accomplished. Um, there was a lot of factors, uh, which, whatever. I mean, there's adversity all the time and you got to be able to overcome it. We just were not as consistent last year as I thought we were the year before. Um, but in, in the long run, uh, when you start looking at the total program piece, you know, the, the previous two years we were seven and 17, you know, these last two years we were 17 and nine, two back-to-back bowl appearances would have loved to got that bowl win. Uh, but it didn't work out that way. But what I do think between the season of 18 and the season of 19 is done is really continue to grow our team, how we're going to play ball at Georgia Southern and how we're going to do things. And so um, I real I feel really good about 2020. Um, to be honest with you, if we were ever going to have a pandemic, um, if we were, um, you know, if, if racism was going to come to the forefront like it is now, um, I, I, I feel like we got a football team that, uh, of kids that are very experienced with adversity and very experienced with how to, you know, uh, knowing that the adversity is not going to define them. It's how they handle the adversity. Um, so I, I feel strong about 2020 and I feel, I feel good that we got great senior leadership on our football team. And I really can't wait to see them play, honestly. Oh yeah, man. I'm sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Joe. Coach, that leads me to uh, my next question. And you have a, a great, marked history of uh, communication and recruiting and things like that all the way back to your time at Auburn with uh, the top nation uh, recruiting classes there in 2010, 11, and 12 and a, a national championship to show for it and SEC championships. Uh, tell me a little bit about what the communication has been like for you with your kids during this time and recruiting and all that kind of stuff at Southern right now. Well, you, you know, obviously recruiting uh, has been a challenge um, you know, one of our stipulations uh, in the past, before a kid could commit to us and say he's going to come to Georgia Southern, um, he had to have at least come to campus. And he had to at least have sat down with us and, you know, actually met with, you know, whoever, our academic staff, training staff, strength and conditioning, coaches, myself. And because then it's all about, all right, getting feedback from everybody going, okay, does this kid fit us? Is he going to be a great, you know, a great Georgia Southern man for us? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, now you've lost that piece. So we've had to get very creative in Zoom, FaceTime, uh, virtual tours, uh, things that, you know, 
to try to get a feel for a guy. Um, but what I will say has happened in recruiting. We haven't had been able to get them here. But what I what I will say has happened because our kids were sent home because uh, we didn't have ball uh, because we didn't we were not able to get on the road recruiting during the spring. Uh, we've been able to spend a lot more time with those one on one zooms and those one on one FaceTimes to try to um, you know just get get guys figured out and 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 in turn the recruits you know they need to do the same thing they got to figure out hey is is Georgia Southern a great fit for me is Georgia Southern is it going to provide the need provide my needs you know and so. Um, you know, we've got we've gotten creative with it. Our our coaches have done a good job of uh, building a virtual tour type stuff. Google Earth. I mean, crazy stuff that I don't even know how to explain. <laughs> but uh, you know, all I've learned how to do is click on the Zoom and then click on my FaceTime button. That's about <laughs> it. But and I just have to get help from everybody else. But we. Uh, but but everybody's done a good job, and I, I think we're on the right track with our recruiting class. I mean, we're still not just taking people to take people. We're gonna. We're going to do as much homework as we can and continue to build what we're trying to build. I hear you, Coach, and that is – it's always challenging, but I know with your uh, your forward-leaning processes that you've uh, showcased already that it would be something to ask you about, so I appreciate that. Uh, Coach, one other question I just wanted to throw out there at you, uh, talking about recruiting and just building into the season here. You've got some friends in the Sun Belt, and we've actually had uh, Coach Sean Elliott on from Georgia State University chat with us as well, and uh, we are really curious to see uh, just what your thoughts are going into that uh, game this year, the big rivalry you guys have there, and uh, we have maybe an idea we want to throw at you, but let's talk a little bit about about the uh, the modern day uh, rivalry that you have there with Georgia State University. Well, you know, um, Sean's a good friend of mine. Um, you know, and I I owe a lot to him in my my coaching career. You know, I I, I was at Georgia Military College, and then I uh, left there and went to App State. And uh, Sean was the uh, O line coach, and I was the tight end coach, and I had no idea what I was doing, and. <laughs> And he, he, he really took me under his wing and, you know, taught me a lot of things. And so, you know, I owe a lot to him and I owe a lot to him, him and his wife. I mean, they, they were really good to me and my wife. And, um, and, and so, you know, 364 days a year, we're friends, you know, the, <laughs> that, that one time we're not. And, uh, you know, we're, we're both competitive and, um, you know, he's doing a really good job with his program. And, uh, we have a good time with this game because, you know, our kids, um, you know, a lot of our guys, they obviously have have some more personal connections with players uh, from from their team because of being from Georgia or playing against one another or maybe even playing on the same high school football team. So, you know, that's what really kind of makes that game special. Um, you know, so uh, it, it's something that we do look forward to every year. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of enjoy being at the last game of the year because, I mean that you know it just kind of builds to it. Absolutely, yeah, it, it does. It, it does. It does, coach. And it's kind of I love an in-state rivalry. Uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Whenever it's really any team, I know that's kind of the that's kind of the, the big the big matchup. It's kind of been natural um, for y'all to be to be kind of in-house rivals. But isn't it fun when when Southern goes and plays you know Georgia Tech or Georgia? and everybody else because it's just like a natural thing it's just like all right this is an in-state game you know like there's a lot of pride on the line and the kids we had a uh we had Jin days on a, a few shows ago from georgia tech and he said that's what's so fun about the georgia georgia tech game is it's like you know the fans get all involved and it's really a big deal 
But what it boils down to is those kids are out there having a blast because they probably played on the same high school team as some of those guys, or they were in the same region. So it's kind of like foes go back and they all get to meet at one time. And, and the kids really have a big time with those rivalry games that are in-state. Yeah, no question. And, uh, you know, if y'all get Coach Smart or Coach Collins on the on the show or whatever, and, you know, tell them Georgia Southern's willing to play because we'd, like, <laughs> we'd, we'd like to do we'd, – we'd like to, that same experience uh, with them also. So, uh, Oh, absolutely. You know, we'll do it. So please let them know. We sure will, man. Hey, Coach, well, that kind of leads me into my idea that we were talking about last night here. <laughs> we were talking to right. Coach uh, Elliott, and, you know, he was uh, really in- enthusiastic about allow- – I told him, I said, well, Coach, come uh, game time, we're going to have to have uh, Mr. Jared Binko back on to talk with us. And uh, that was before I had the opportunity to speak with you. And he said, well, i tell you what, during that week, why don't you guys just come up here and broadcast from Georgia State, and we'll <laughs> – you know, we can talk about the game afterwards. And I said, well, I think yeah. I have – a better idea now so why don't me rob and ben since we do call football anyway for the uh state champion fighting irish here and so what we should do ben is we should actually call that game and then present our own trophy to georgia state or georgia southern because we're right in the between both of them you know <laughs> that's right we're right dead square in the middle yeah well hey whatever y'all want to do man i just we're gonna go play we're gonna go play hard and, uh, <laughs> If, there, if there's something else to win, we want to win it. So it's all good. <laughs> well, I just figured we'd, we'd throw that out there for you, Coach. I'll see what we can do. How about that? <laughs> yeah, no problem. Well, hey, well, uh, we'll, we'll send our uh, – if we're able to uh, get Collins and Coach Smart on here, we'll, uh, we'll let them know that there's some uh, – there's some hungry football players in South Georgia down I-16 that want a piece of the axe. <laughs> well, you know, there's been some – you know, in the past, there's been some interesting games. You know, between hey, us. So I, hey, I, 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 I know. <laughs> I, I would, I would, uh, I would love to, I would love to just try again. You know what I mean? Hey, <laughs> hey, I'm, I, hey, hey, coach, I'm a, I'm a Georgia Tech fan, and uh, I know back in, uh, I think it was 2015 or 16, I think Southern had Georgia Tech on the rope with the last 30 seconds of the game. Well, it was, it was 2014, and then 14, but, that's and right. there was. A, and there was a there was a huge call in that game that I still don't think was the right call. <laughs> I know I know which one you're talking about, and I was happy that it went the other way. <laughs> but hey, hey, I don't you know I don't hold grudges. But. Oh no, no, no. Hey, but but you but you do want another opportunity. <laughs> no question. Oh, that's well, great. Coach, we certainly do appreciate you taking some time to be on the show with us here today. And, and i got to throw this in before we let you go. Uh, uh, you know, you and I are from the same neck of the woods, apparently. I'm from Tacoa Stevens County, and uh, you're from Elberton, Elbert County. And uh, that Granite Bowl is very familiar to me. Now, I, it turns out, Coach, you and I are about the same age. You're, you're a pretty young man there. So, <laughs> I tell you, i got to say, you probably beat me a few times on the football field. Is that right? Did You, you played ball yeah. up there under T. McFerrin? You know, you you'll find out you you'll find out when when you get to my age. You know, you kind of you kind of quit remembering those those things that actually <laughs> happened start, start the way you wanted them to happen. That's right. And uh, you know, so yeah, man, we beat Stevens County every time we played them. I don't think we've ever lost. Yeah, well, I appreciate that reminder, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, oh, that's great. Coach, I know you have things to do. you got a pressing schedule ahead of you for this day, but thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We appreciate you being on the show, and we look forward to coming and visiting with you and uh, calling some Georgia Southern football anytime we can. Okay, and I, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to say one, one, sure. one more thing. If that's all. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, just, just want to kind of 
address what's going on with our nation right now. And, sure. you know, uh, it, you know, obviously racism uh, is something that we don't tolerate. And, uh, you know, I just, you, you know, we, we're trying to work from the inside out with our football team and help our guys because a lot of our guys are affected by this. And, uh, you know, I just want to make sure I put out there that, you know, I'm truly in support of our guys and uh, I'm, I'm truly in support of, you know, fighting racism. And, uh, you know, I just wouldn't feel good about doing an interview without at least putting that out there. And, you know, ultimately, you know, wins and losses are not going to define us. Um, it's going to be about what we've done with our platforms. And, uh, you know, I just want to make sure I put out there that, you know, we, we want to fight against any hatred and anything like that. So I appreciate y'all having us on and uh, allowing me to say that. Oh, oh, yeah. And, Coach, I tell you what, there's no better place um, there's no better place to share those type of bonds, regardless of, of, of color, background, or scheme, than a, than a football field. Everybody works together. Everybody's a chain unit. There's no better team-building sport or um, any type of unity that's defined on a football team because everybody is relying upon one another. And um, there's, there's absolutely no disruption between any of that. And I think um, we can use football going forward um, here in the next few months to uh, really bring some folks together because uh, that's what it's all about. Football is a game that's built off of perseverance, adversity, and um, tough people survive tough times. And, that, and, you know, that's what it's all about. So I'm glad that, you know, you got that, um, you know, that type of mentality coming out of Statesburg. And I hope everybody else follows too. Yes, sir. And I, I appreciate that, being able to, to say that. And I appreciate your, your take on that. So, uh, again, anytime y'all want to do this, man, I'm, I'm happy about it. We, you know, um, if you wanna, if you wanna do it the week of uh, when we play the team in Atlanta, that's fine. I, I, whatever you want to. Do. <laughs> hey, hey, we'll 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 make that happen, and we'll pitch one up for uh, Coach Elliott and uh, and and, and, uh, and make that a big week. <laughs> perfect, perfect. All right, Coach. Appreciate we, you. Thank you so much, Coach. We appreciate you, Coach Chad Lunsford. Thank y'all. G A T H. I hear you, brother. Be good. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Coach Lunsford with us. And uh, I like it, Ben. I like the idea there. Uh, we're just going to have to take that Georgia State, Georgia Southern week. Notice he said that team from Atlanta. <laughs> hey, I feel like I feel like we got a nice little kind of, you know, back and forth going, you know, Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, put somebody else over there. Let's get it. You know? That's right. And no better place for the Rob Benajosha to be than right slap in the middle of them both, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's a fantastic place to be. All right, well, we'll be right back. We'll talk more football and what's coming right after this on your Rob Ben and Joe show. Stick around.